Happy Monday. It's your girl, Elsie. I am just hopping on here real quick before we get into this interview with Dr. Allie um, that y'all are going to love. She's a relationship therapist and just literally one of the coolest people we've ever talked to. So, um, but wanted to give you guys a quick update about this contest. So I know we promised you we'd have the winners announced on our Monday episode. And honestly, just way more of you guys entered the contest, um, especially over the weekend. So we have had to add a lot more people. We're still going through some. So want to make sure everyone got in there, got a fair chance. And we will hopefully have it to you later today, if not definitely by Tuesday. So uh, we'll post about it on our Instagram as well. But just want to give you all a heads up. It is coming within the next 24 hours. You will know who is winning the contest. All right, let's get into it. Okay, guys. So today we have a special guest with us. Um, she's a speech, speech language. I need speech language. Uh, she's a speech language pathologist and board certified behavior analyst. Analyst. Why do I want to keep saying analysis? All right. So, Dr. Ali, welcome. You now have permission Hi. to enter. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And everyone calls you Dr. A, right? Never, but I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't know where I saw that then. I, guess, I don't know either. She just started titling everything Dr. A. So I did. <laughs> maybe I just maybe I just ran with it because everything on all of our Google Docs and everything, it's like Dr. A. I'm like, I love that. I mean, it is like Alley Arena, so I get it. There's a lot of A. So yeah, you're okay. A squared. I love it. Yeah. Okay. So we were just like quickly touching base before we started recording. And I obviously, you guys know, uh, as our listeners know, um, I'm pretty big into astrology and you never know how people are going to take that when you start talking about it. But (laughs) Allie was super cool. Um, She let us know that, well, she didn't let us know. I actually researched her and (laughs) found her exact birthday. She, her birthday is June 23rd. So happy late three months ago birthday. Uh, She's a cancer and she's also engaged to a cancer. You're engaged, right? Yeah. I'm engaged to a cancer. Yeah. That's Um, exciting. So tell us a little bit about that from a relationship perspective. I mean, that's gotta be a really emotional relationship. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, um, I mean, I guess one reason it works is we both kind of struggle with finding words for our emotions at times. So I feel like if someone's in their emotional kind of like body, right, the other person isn't. So we're able to sort of balance it out. So it's not constant feelings. Um, (laughs) But it is not. I mean, I think he's the first person I've ever been with that pulled more emotion out of me. And like, I want it to be vulnerable with. I don't know if I've ever really wanted to do that, even though it's a big quality of being cancer. That's so sweet. I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, I guess tell us a little bit about what a speech pathologist is. And then um, I, I, I'm a little familiar with it because I used to staff speech pathologists, um, but I'm not as familiar as a, is it BCBA? Is that what it is? Yeah. The acronym? So, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. What is exactly that you do? Yeah. So a BCBA um, typically works with individuals on the autism spectrum and they look at behavior, right? So mm-hmm. like um, they'll see what pattern maybe a child or client is doing um, when they're having like a tantrum or something like, well, why are they doing that? Do they want attention? Are they trying to escape? But also it's used in like criminal shows, right? If you ever watch like the FBI uses a lot of behavior analysis. They're always uh-huh. looking at what those people did in the past and are they now going to do it again? Yeah. So it's like a lot of pattern tracking. Oh, cool. So what's yeah. really cool about you is you're taking those patterns and you're helping apply them to relationships. Am I correct with that? Yes, exactly. Yes. So that's, then, um, yeah. that's a super tricky area that, you know, we need to kind of figure out communication styles, different behaviors, you know, whether it be <laughs> we're trying to figure out how we can behave better around our partners or, you know, what works for the dynamic between the two of you. Um, I know that you specifically work with, um, you have a couple of different certificates, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to rattle off all of them, but you have a lot. They're very impressive. So specifically, I, I'm, I know that a lot of the stuff that you post about is neurodiverse couples counseling. Yeah. So that's like, 
give me a little bit of information about that. Yeah. So that is if one person is on the autism spectrum and then the other person would be considered neurotypical, which just means they are not, they also could have, you know, something else going on, like a dose of ADHD or something, but, Mm -hmm. um, and these individuals typically come to counseling because they're going to hit a roadblock of some kind where Mm -hmm. the autism might become like a prevention in some form of communication and we have to sort of work through it. And that's where the communication styles come in. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's really cool. That is cool. How did it, is there like a specific reason you decided to get into this kind of stuff, or have you always been interested in that? Um, I mean, I think I've always been really interested in communication. Like, I'm fascinated. This sounds terrible, but like with communication yeah. breakdowns, I think that's why I love like you know like The Bachelor and like Love Is Blind. Happen. But I started my career working with kids on the spectrum. A lot of those kiddos have a hard time with their social communication. And then I realized that like we had adults on the spectrum don't know how to communicate. Plus they're trying to date. Plus maybe they're watching porn and bringing that in. I was like, all right, there's a lot here. So that's (laughs) where I really started to dedicate. And then when working with neurodiverse couples, I also realized that um, mostly the women that I'm working with are not on the spectrum. It's their spouse. And these women are like phenomenal, awesome women who kind of lost their ability to communicate too. So I think they was they were always trying to like figure out how to help their spouse. So then I sort of mm-hmm. was like, wait, I think this applies to everybody. Everyone can use communication help. A hundred percent. Yeah, that's like my number one problem I think in dating is people always just think that I'm just didn't like them or something. I'm like, well, I'm still hanging out in my head. I'm like, well, I'm hanging out with you. Like we're, you know, obviously I like you. <laughs> I but, my first date with my fiance brings us up all the time. I can be like awkward and like East Coast, and I was like, yeah, this wasn't like the worst first date ever. And <laughs> like, oh, in his mind, he was like, we're never dating again. And I was like trying to almost give a compliment. So yeah, the way you communicate definitely it's mm-hmm. a thing. Oh my gosh, that <laughs> yeah. re- that actually one of our questions has a lot to do with that. But we'll get into that further when we're doing our questions. Um, I did a little bit of stalking. <laughs> on your Instagram. And I saw a post that really like it stuck with me. And I I feel like it just really gave good insight to who you are. So, so that everybody kind of understands like where you're coming from. Um, I'm just going to quickly read over the post was, um, you did a beauty hunt, which basically means stop and find five beautiful things happening right now. And you said, this is a form of self-care and it slows down your mind, which leads to better communication. And then you rattled off a couple of different things that you found to be your five most beautiful things. And I just thought it was really cool because, you know, a lot of times when we slow down to show gratitude, it's, it's in things that are a little more tangible or, you know, generic. I loved that you really put what was very specific to you. And I think that's something important when it comes to slowing down and appreciating what you have. If you like really make it specific to yourself, because then you're like, can appreciate, you know, what it is. So you said one, which I love my puppy. So you have a new puppy or you were just saying, yeah, we got a quarantine puppy. We love oh. her. She's such a hot mess. What kind of dog is she? She's a whippet. So that's like a kind of like a mini greyhound. Oh, yes. so cute. Yeah. Oh, She's what's her name? Really her name is Apuka. Apuka. Yeah. Is there a meaning behind that name? Yes. That is the place we got engaged at in Finland. Oh, so. oh my wow. gosh. And then the second thing you said was dinner with my fiance, which leads us into, obviously, you have a fiance. Um, I'm going to stop on number two because when you say fiance, that means at some point you had to get engaged. Yes. So everybody, everybody loves a good engagement story. You already kind of talked about it happening in Finland. Um, tell us a little bit about, if you don't mind, yeah. your engagement. I'll give you the How long deep. you guys have so, been dating? Yeah. So we were together like, uh, like two and a half years at that point, a little bit over two and a half years. Mm-hmm. We were living together and we've both been in grad school, most of our relationship. Um, and I was just like, I was done. Like I wanted to be engaged. I don't know if anyone's been there and you're like annoyed and you're like, I just want this to happen. I wish <laughs> I could say I'm cooler than that, but it, I got there. Um, and Sebastian's my fiance. He knew this. So he intentionally made it seem like it wasn't happening for a long time. 
Um, and so my best friend knew we were going on this trip and she was like, all right, Allie, chill. Like it's happening then. Like, just can you please chill out? So then he calls her before we're going to leave and says the ring isn't ready. So then the whole trip, I didn't think it was going to happen. And I was like upset. Like I was like, how could he not have the ring ready? You know, like I was oh, being no. mean. Yeah. So the last day of our two and a half week trip, we were, um, we stayed in one of those like beautiful places in um, Finland where you can see the Northern Lights, like from oh, your room, gosh. like we went all out. So, so I'm pretty, like, Instagram bougie. And um, <laughs> we like, we were doing a, um, what's it, not a sleigh ride, the, the husky oh, were pulling us. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. us. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And at, yeah. And at the end, um, he was like, oh, have the guy take a picture of us with the dogs, which wasn't weird. Cause I was doing that all the time constantly. Uh-huh. Like, Here's my phone. Um, and then he was down on one knee and it was, it was very, oh, that's so cute. I just got chills. That's so sweet. I love that. Really. It was so sweet, but I will say it was like, uh, like negative 10 degrees. So literally he put the ring on my finger and like, I had to put a glove back. On. Yeah, yeah. Because then your hand just starts burning. Yeah, like I was like, I'm so, so cold. cold. I'm so happy. Like my tears, um, like froze a little bit. <gasps> Did you get a picture oh of that? God. That sounds yeah. very like fro- like Elsa. That one on Instagram, but yes, I do. Have that yeah, that's oh my a gosh. good one for the for the book, I guess. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> and how long ago was that that you guys got engaged? That was in January. In January. Okay, so this leads me into my next question about quarantine engagements, getting married. <laughs> Did you guys set a date before quarantine no. happened? So okay, so you never set a date. No, so, so you literally. Guys- quarantine happened and that week we were supposed to fly back to Jersey to like pick our wedding venue and like oh. we didn't obviously so, so kind yeah. of a blessing that you guys hadn't yet because then so many people have had crazy plans like trips to Italy where they were mm-hmm. supposed to get married and they had to cancel everything mm-hmm. so kind of a blessing that you hadn't you hadn't selected yet I completely agree I could not imagine going through you know like the diet you do to be a bride and just like all that stuff and then like the week just throw it down the drain oh now you're not i couldn't that's horrible you're not allowed to diet in quarantine that's not (laughs) no oh oh my god i'm in the wedding dress shop soon and i'm like how do i do all the quarantine-ness like i mean (laughs) have you guys set a date yet now yes we're getting married next october 2021 yeah oh wedding i love that and you're getting married in jersey you're getting married in Jersey. Yeah. That's super cool. Yay, so have you guys I picked out that. your venue and everything? We did. I did that. That was kind of weird. I did that sight unseen. Like I did it on Zoom mm-hmm. um, because, you know, everyone in 2020 moved their wedding to 2021. So it got real competitive. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good point. Wow. So, well, it sounds like it all worked out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think it actually chilled me out in a way too. That's like, awesome. A lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it has I, for I, me. <laughs> well, I'm trying to tell Lauren, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm not any type of like ruler of wisdom, but I do a lot of research on this stuff. And I'm like, the pandemic, I, I think at its core is like helping people really cope with having to handle things themselves, look inward, you know, new level of consciousness. And I think the pandemic is just waiting on Lauren to, to figure out her life. We're going to be here for a while, guys. If, if no, the pandemic's waiting on me to get my life together, it's gonna, we're going to be here for a while. So I'm totally kidding. <laughs> um, so back to your list. I'm just going to rattle off the last couple of things and then we won't go into any too much more. I just thought the first two were fascinating. And you said your next one was a cool breeze, very Jersey of you, a cozy blanket and sunshine. I love that. As soon as I saw all those, I was Mm. like, I love this girl. I think she could be my best friend. (laughs) Um, Well, woman, excuse me. (laughs) Whatever. We'll talk about that later. She's very territorial. Anyway. (laughs) um, But so, I mean, if uh, Tiffany, do you have anything else you want to say or you want to get okay, to questions? Okay, I do. I have, I have one more question. Okay. And so this is something I just love asking every person I meet. And I think I may already kind of know your answer because you kind of touched on it. But um, I love asking people because I think that the places they have been really help, you know, open your eyes to where you want your future to go. So I always ask people where your favorite place to travel is. My favorite place ever was South Africa. That okay. was beautiful. And, I um, always hear that people who go to South Africa, they always say it's their favorite place. So what part of South Africa did you go to? So I was in, um, Kapama and I was like on a safari park in South Africa. Um, and this was 
I think this was like seven years ago. Geez. Um, <laughs> but it was, I actually, I was with a guy for four years and he broke up with me via email. I'm not kidding. <gasps> I don't okay. like you anymore. Yep. Cool. And then the cool. next morning I wrote an elephant and it was just this like <laughs> religious experience almost. Like it was just like, oh yeah, life is not so bad. Like yeah. I'm riding an elephant and since then I've also been in love with elephants. So yeah. Oh, I love, I, I just get chills from that story. I fell in love with elephants, um, not as spiritual of an experience, but I was at Bush Gardens in Tampa (laughs) and, um, I was like in in middle school, well, I'm from Tampa. So we went there all the time. And that's, so it was like me and my dad were just walking around looking at the elephants and they were sitting like dogs, like sitting like on their butts with their legs, you know, little dogs and it's had his hands in the front and they were being bathed. So they were just like spraying them with the water and they look like, they were just having like the best day of their life. And I was like, this is so cute. Like I was in probably like sixth grade and I was just like almost in tears watching these elephants. Cause I was like, they're so cute. They're just like giant dogs. <laughs> they are so cute. So happy. I know. I would love to ride an elephant or at least just pet one. So okay. So jealous. I know we're supposed to be getting mm-hmm. into the questions that our listeners ask, but Hallie, I just feel like there's so many questions I have about you. Okay. So <laughs> you and your ex were together for four years. He breaks yeah. up with you via email. Were you in grad, like in college when all this happened? Uh, no. So, okay. I had graduated and I was like working for two years and I was trying to get into speech pathology school. Um, and I'm on this trip, like with my parents, my brother was living in South Africa. So that's why we went there. Mm-hmm. And I literally get the email and, um, that like, it was like the very beginning of the trip. So then I had the whole trip to kind of like, not more in the breakup. I kind of, but like, honestly, mm-hmm. I was just so happy to be where I was. Right. Um, and I got home and I literally got into speech pathology school. So it's like life just really shifted. Yeah. Wow. Like it was very meant to be. I look back now and like, I'm like, oh my God, what was I doing? Right. It would have never been the right fit. Yeah. I think everyone looks back on their first like big love and yeah. probably thinks the same thing. <laughs> and it could have totally shaped like how you wanted yeah. to have your career because now you're you're in a, a field yeah. that kind of specializes in relationships and it could have been that mm-hmm. that crappy one. Not and to talk crap about him, but you know, crappy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's that's super cool that, you know, what do they say? Um, a lot of times your mess helps you figure Wait. out your message. <laughs> So it's true though. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. true. Um, I mean, I'm definitely so into communication because I also struggled really communicating what I wanted and needed for a long time. So, you know, you tend to go into what you need. A hundred percent. That's yeah. I was gonna act, actually ask you. So a lot of times I know that people with with careers that are are out to help other people, a lot of times are specifically because they have felt like maybe that was a weak area in themselves. So I was going to ask, like, is that something you thought that maybe you needed to work on yourself, but you kind of already answered that? Yeah. I mean that, and then, and I think they kind of go hand in hand, just like boundaries too. Like I didn't realize how much of a people pleaser Mm -hmm. I was and how like, you know, I think you're able to disguise that in your head and be like, well, I'm really nice, but like, actually, are you that nice? Cause then you're annoyed when people ask you to do a lot of things, you know? So it was Mm -hmm. a good examination. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Wait, I actually have a question then about that. Just kick us off with the questions. I just thought of this when you said that, because I feel like I struggle with boundaries sometimes too. And I feel like when I try to get better with that, I don't always do it in the right way where I'm like, I don't know how to do it. Like with, without being like, no, everyone just no to everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what's, I guess, I, I feel like I either say yes to everything or I say no to everything. Yeah. So what do you think is the balance there? Like, how did you, how do you think is the best way to figure out how to do that? I guess. Well, I think, okay. It's definitely a finesse. Cause I call some people like boundary police when they're very like, I'm available from like one to three on a Thursday. And then like, that's it. Yeah. This is that so is me. Oh my God. That is that. so me. If that works for you. Like stick with that. Um, I personally, that, that doesn't work for me. I think I more think of people I'm okay spending time with and people I'm not. So like in my head, you've already been slotted, even if you don't know it, you know, Um, (laughs) I think looking at like who you want to be with and what you want to be doing is really important. And that's a lot of inner work, right? Like it took Mm -hmm. me a long time to be like, wait, I actually do just like watching Netflix once in a while by myself. And it's not that I'm zoning out or something's wrong. Like, I think it takes a long time to figure out like, what do you even want and need? Which is what I keep coming back to. Right. Um, 
but you're super young to have figured that out. Like you're 32, not to talk about your age, but 32. And I think it, a lot of times people, it takes them into their late thirties and forties to really figure out like that time is finite and that you don't want to just spend it willy nilly. So that's amazing that you've really figured out at age 32, like how to, to dedicate your time and how it pleases you. Yes. I mean, so, I would cool to you. 100%. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I think work in progress. Also, say when I go back to New Jersey, I'm not as good with boundaries. Like, I'm like, yes, I'll see everybody. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not 100%, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to be better at it, like, every time. And I also think um, if you're with a partner that has pretty good boundaries and is secure, it almost makes it easier to sort of break that, like, people pleasing codependent because they almost don't let it happen. Like, they're like, nah, I'm good. Like, you do your thing, I do my thing, and then we come together. I needed that. So that helped a lot as well. That's maybe I need a date of cancer. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you're already exactly kind of dating somewhere. the boundary police right here. It's true. She's like the time blocking police. I don't know. I guess that counts as boundaries too. It's kind of obnoxious. But, I'm trying to be cooler about it, but it's well, it's hard to break. Probably in like a growth stage where you're doing a lot and you're trying to, mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty 100%. of projects that aren't done in my life because I haven't made a time block for them. So yeah, that, like respect that too. Yeah. Nice. Well, um, we did ask on our Instagrams kind of just what questions people had about connection, relationships, communication, like all the above dating. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have written down a few, there's a lot that we liked. We definitely don't have to get into all of them, but, um, I, I guess the first one that I thought was a good one was just is a hundred percent honesty on all fronts, a good policy, like to, to like, to what point is it's too much honesty? (laughs) Yeah, I think, um, like, yes, but also like, let's caveat that. And like, what Mm -hmm. really, what, where are you in your relationship? And like, is a person even able to hear feedback? Like, for example, mm. I do not clean dishes the way that my fiance would want them to be clean. And he finally sort of admitted this to me. He finally stopped being like, yeah, it's fine. But we're together a long time now. If he brought that right. up like two years ago, I would have been like, you're so rude. Like, I don't want to hear this. Um, and you could think <laughs> about other things, right? Like that some, yes, I think it's okay. You want to be at hundred percent honesty, but the person has to be ready to receive it. If they're defensive at all, it's not, I don't think it's going to go well. That's mm. a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also I think people need to have conversations within the relationship. Like, you know, if people want to have an open relationship every once in a while, like be honest with yourself, can you hear what happened and be okay with it? Or do you need to not know, like really try to examine what works for you. And when yeah. you say open, you mean like having multiple partners? Yeah. Or like, um, you know, I know some couples where it's like, if you're on, if you're out of the state, then you can do whatever. And I just, I don't <laughs> want to know kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So that leads us into a totally different, I, I have questions. <laughs> do you think that that is an okay, like, what are your feelings on having an open relationship? Do you believe like it's whatever the, the two people set boundaries for, or do you think that that leads ultimately to failure? So I don't know if I know enough to speak on it personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I feel, if I would feel secure enough with how much communication would have to go into, I mean, there would be a lot of defining of what counts for this and that, but Mm -hmm. I know there are plenty of people who are more than fine with it. So I also think it's your personality type. Like I can be a little bit of a perfectionist and a control freak. So I think that would be hard for me personally. Oh, so self-awareness is key when it comes to those things. Yeah, I think so. But I'm not saying, I think it does work for people. Um, and for some, I think it's even needed as part of like Mm -hmm. how they express their sexuality. So for sure. And then this wasn't one of our questions, but you, this has led me into a totally thinking about personality types. Um, when you said how somebody's personality, you know, affects the relationship, are there Mm -hmm. any, you know, I love a good like Buzzfeed quiz. Is there anything that like Enneagram test or anything like that, that you think is a good indicator of two people are a match or you do, or do you believe that it's just like you can make it work no matter what, or it's like your personality does kind of affect how the relationship could, the longevity of the the relationship. So I think all of those are very informative. 
um, I forget what mine is and I forget what my fiance's Myers-Briggs are, but, um, mm -hmm. the last one, like the, the T and J were very, were the complete opposite that you can be. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's actually been really helpful because I'm like, oh, you look at how you make a decision so differently than how I look at how I make a decision. So like, if you know that about each other, you can compromise on how you're going to come to like, you know, something as little as like, how are we going to pick a couch? Let's see how we're both looking <laughs> yeah. at it and come together. So I think they're informative tools. Like I definitely think mm -hmm. they help. And I love that stuff. I do too. Any yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. <laughs> we love Even the quiz. ones that are like, which ice cream flavor are you? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, I love no. this. <laughs> I saw one the other day. I just started watching. This is totally random. Um, I just started watching Sabrina on Netflix. And so <laughs> I will send Lauren and I will send each other like little quizzes all the time. Like which character are you? And it, it like goes into like a deep dive of like, it is more informative than you think. It's like, actually, <laughs> I hope you're, you're very introverted. And I'm like, wow, you got that from my Sabrina character. I love that. I think I was whatever that. Well, you were Lilith. I was Lilith. So it was like the devil's. She's the queen of yeah, hell. She's the queen of hell. So <laughs> oh, that's <okay>. me. <laughs> no, but okay. Oh. So random. I'm sorry. Um, uh, do you want to say what's your next question? Okay. So that um, when we were talking about being, we've talked about a different, a couple of different topics on, you know, kind of understanding where your partner's coming from and defensiveness. So there is a question on here that kind of touches on a couple of different those things. So let me find it one second. Um, okay. One of our listeners asked, do you have any tips for how to be honest and communicate issues you feel are important without making your partner defensive and starting an argument or tension? Yeah. Okay. Or, so if you can. or also maybe not in a relationship. I'm having this feel like with my parents right now. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, one thing is like, if you are going to bring up something to someone, just be aware, like, is this going to feel like it's coming out of nowhere to them? Or have you sort of had small, like mini conversations or address things in real time? Or is this going to kind of feel like, well, what, what are you even talking about? Um, which I struggle with a little bit. Like I let little things go. I let little things go. And then I'm like really angry. And it's like, well, wait, where did that come from? So be aware of your own, like, are you sort of setting this up for a fight and not even realizing it? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then so I checking think, your own filter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, you know, environment matters. Like if you can just be honestly like sitting around, maybe you're having a drink, like it's not, um, or I actually really like having discussions on a walk because you're not even, you're not like face to face, right? You're side by side and like mm -hmm. movement really helps to process stuff. So if you're just out on a walk, it's like a little bit less of a, like, I'm going to talk to you about this huge issue right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it's learning what is your partner's thing that, um, like they struggle with maybe from childhood, right? Is there like a fear of abandonment? Is there a fear of being criticized? Is there whatever? I think it's really important to know that. So then you can help to frame it in a way that's not doing, um, that's not coming across as maybe like a critique. Right. Gotcha. Um, and I think in any way that you can give them credit in a way they've tried already to do the thing that you're hoping they'll, they'll do. Like, you know, I've, notice that you have been trying to do more acts of physical affection. However, like, this is what I think I really need. Mm -hmm. Um, and tone is a big deal. If you're, even if you don't think that you're coming across annoyed, if you are annoyed in your body, you probably are going to sound like more annoyed. And then someone's natural response might be to start to get defensive again. It's all your filter. So a lot of times, like, even though you're, you're trying to project that, your intentions are good. A lot of times your own filter can like make you come across as either annoyed or angry or upset, which kind of puts that other person on the defensive. Yeah. Like I sometimes roll my eyes, which like, that's such a little kind of 12 year old thing. And right, I don't always. Yeah. And I don't know I'm doing it, but like that does come across though. Like, wow, you must be super annoyed. You're rolling your eyes at me. And like, um, also another thing is I think I roll my eyes because I'm uncomfortable. So sort of check yourself too. Like, are you doing something out of your own uncomfortableness, but it's coming across, um, mm -hmm. you know, negatively. Yeah. I think I roll my eyes so much. It was like a thing that my parents would just like make fun of me for at a certain time at a, at a certain point. It's just like, she literally can't stop rolling. 
or or I wouldn't say you even would, roll your eyes though when you're like I know having a good time or like something is funny she's time. like oh, such a great time yeah. I'm rolling my eyes so hard <laughs> yeah it's a, a problem I think it's because I'm like I don't even know what to say so I just kind of just I, my whole body just shuts down and I roll my eyes <laughs> that's definitely oh go ahead I was going to say that's something that you should make your first date aware of. Like, hey, just so you know, I'm a chronic eye roller when I'm excited or happy, like, or angry or not angry. It's just all the time. Every emotion. Just ignore it. Not an emotion I don't roll my eyes for. Well, I do an awkward laugh sometimes too. And I had to really actually explicitly say that to my fiance. Like, I'm not laughing at you. I'm the uncomfortable one actually. It's just like, give me. So that's true. Like, I think once you're at a certain level of comfort, you can kind of like, name whatever weird thing you're doing and make it known. I 100% Um, do that as well, which people call me out for all the time. Called me out on the show. My friends were like, oh my gosh, your little laugh. Like my little, like after I, when I I did theater in in college and high school and like, I would bring it into characters I did. And I would always get critiqued for that. Like every single time I did a monologue or whatever. And they're like, just stop laughing at the end of every sentence. And I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know I was doing it. Well, and it's like habitual then at that point. Um, My mom does and, it too. And I would also, so I, I don't know if you guys are both like into trauma. I love mm-hmm. digging into all that. I think it's really interesting. And like, you know, you could also be um, a person that freezes a little bit, but you don't, and that might be what you do. You like roll your eyes or like you do an awkward laugh because yeah. like, you're kind of a little frozen without even realizing it. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that's probably very true. I also think it's a habit. I think I picked up from my mom as well, just hearing her do it all the time. Cause mm-hmm. until people started calling me out for it, I didn't notice she did it. And then when they started doing it to me, like calling me out, I was like, wait, maybe this is why I learned behaviors. <laughs> but there's probably lots of reasons why. <laughs> Um, okay. So we don't have any questions about trauma, but when you said trauma, like I'm, I'm just making up these questions now, I'm sorry <laughs> for the listeners. Like they have all these questions, but you, when you say trauma, do you mean like looking back into the issues that from like your, either your childhood or just any trauma and how that kind of affects you going forward? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Because, um, I don't know. Have you ever heard the saying issues live in the tissues? So like literally in your, <gasps> your t- yeah. So like, Oh my God, I love that. Yeah. Isn't that good? You I have um, never heard that, but I feel like I you would that. really enjoy the book. Um, the body keeps score. It's like, it's really interesting. Um, I'm writing that down right but now. Basically, you know, and when I say trauma, I don't mean like that someone was, you know, like sexually assaulted or like they're, you know, like that's, it can be right. something little, right? Like I don't know, you went to school one time and you had a really bad haircut and everyone made fun of you and that just stuck, right? And now you're more insecure about that than you even realized kind of thing. So -hmm. just knowing um, what, like for me, I noticed that I think people are critiquing me and they're not normally, they're just literally saying a statement. And that's probably something from childhood where I got a lot of feedback on something and now it's coming out again. So just being aware of your stuff, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. So how do you, okay. How do you examine and look into, cause I know a lot of times if you have had traumatic issues, like your, your mind and your body will like block them out so that you don't address them because your brain considers them painful. Mm-hmm. How do you go about like figuring out what your, what you would call your, your traumatic issues and how to tackle them? Is there a specific way that you think that people could find those, those trauma points or go about, you know, tackling them? So for, for me personally, when I was, um, you know, my fiance would, and I would get into a fight and I would, like I was saying, I would like freeze. And he, again, cause I think we're in this like loving relationship kind of was like, do you know that you do this? And I was like, yeah, actually. And then we don't resolve anything. Cause like, I won't talk to you. So when I went to therapy, I said to my therapist, I'm doing this. And then she was like, yeah, I think you're having a response from stuff that like you're not really addressing that you keep sidestepping. So we finally kind of like went into it. Um, and then there's a modality called EMDR, which actually like helps to move the trauma within you. Like you'll go back to like, um, whatever, like a bad moment or something. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. um, it will help to replace that with kind of just like a calmer thought. So you're not constantly going back to it. So a lot of, um, that's like a hypnosis kind of thing kind of yeah okay. I don't know enough to speak like yeah about it but it's it's an interesting yeah modality. um I, I want to look into that yeah. yeah well I have a question too kind of switching gears here a little bit but um so you say you deal with people who like 
neurodiverse relationships, mm-hmm. people on the spectrum, that kind of stuff. So I've seen, I haven't seen all the episodes yet, but I'm sure you've seen love on the spectrum. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to know, cause I think it's pretty interesting, um, how differently they communicate where to the, I mean, it's, they're pretty, the biggest difference I think is the bluntness. It's probably, yeah. they're more, more honest than normal, like mm-hmm. neurotypical people would be. Absolutely. Um, what do you think is kind of like the pros and cons of either like being in a neurodiverse relationship or just how people on the spectrum, like are maybe even better at communicating than people who are not. So uh, you brought up a really good point. The bluntness is, mm-hmm. So in a lot of ways, it's wonderful. I don't know if you've ever heard Amy Schumer. Her husband is on the spectrum. And yeah, yeah. About how like he's not lying. He'll never lie to me. He'll never cheat on me. So right. in a lot of ways, it's wonderful. But then I don't know if you watched her documentary. Like at one point, she really did look like hell. And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, you don't look good. Like, so there is that part of like, he he's also not yeah. going to be able to. Can't do a like, white lie. Full honesty. Yeah. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you do just want someone to be like, you look great. You look fine. <laughs> You know, Um, so there's that. You're not going to get that other side. Um, And Mm -hmm. I work on that a lot with my clients. Like you can actually just be a little socially fake and pretend to say, how are you? Even if you don't care. Yeah. Um, That's another thing too. Like that's a complaint I hear a lot is um, the neurotypical spouse is like, he never asks me how I'm doing. He doesn't think about the fact that I've been with kids all day. So Mm -hmm. that perspective isn't always there. But on the other side, I mean, so loyal, so honest, yeah. so caring. And um, when they've kind of chosen to be with you, like that is it. Like you guys are mates for life and um, it's like real yeah. love. And when most people are coming to me, like, yeah, there's a lot of frustration, but it's really in this like nice container of love. You can feel mm-hmm. it. So what would you think, um, I guess, do you think that people who are on the spectrum are, so they're good at like, telling like being more vocal about what they need and what they want but do you think they're good at receiving criticism too or is that maybe in yeah Yeah, I wouldn't say typically okay Um, I so a lot of people on the spectrum who get diagnosed later are first Mm -hmm. diagnosed as narcissists that's like a diagnosis I see a lot so yes the accepting criticism Mm -hmm. is not a strong point Okay. Um, and again, I'm speaking very general, but like, just cause you met one person on the spectrum doesn't mean the next person's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Right. A few people I work with, I have to talk to them a lot about, um, how they're coming across and I have to give them feedback pretty delicately and like continuously for a while before it stinks in, sinks in. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Wait. I feel like that sounds like me, but me too. Um, I'm like, I... <laughs> so you, you said that they're first diagnosed as narcissists. Like what are they then secondly or secondhand diagnosed as like, what is, what does that lead to? Yeah. Okay. So what happens is let's say you, this doesn't get picked up while you're a kid. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, I actually just had someone come to me, he's 35 and he's coming to me because he's getting divorced and he can't get promoted at work. Mm-hmm. And his psychologist was like, I think there's more going on here than you just being narcissistic and ADHD. He also had ADHD. He was like, yeah. it seems like there's something overlying. Um, <laughs> not laugh. I'm not laughing because like, I'm not laughing. Oh, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I am technically diagnosed ADHD since Same. I was in middle school. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm like, I could, I feel like I'm, I have some narcissistic tendencies. Pretty blunt. No, no, no. But the biggest thing is there's this container of like social communication breakdowns. Like you are conversing with me, like lovely. I mean, I think that it's, um, it's apparent when you look at someone's history, how much of a breakdown there's been, if that makes sense. And that's, but it's much easier to be like, Oh, you're kind of narcissistic or you're kind of like a jerk than to be like, I think you're on the autism spectrum. Like that's not the first thought someone's going to have. Right. No. Yeah. That's really interesting. I just think that whole, like all of that stuff is really cool. Um, but I have one of these questions here that I really thought was interesting. So like, how would you think when you like dating online, um, is basically how we're doing, especially in 2020, that's pretty much the main way anyone's doing it if they weren't doing that before. So how do you find the difference between like, cause I always find it difficult to take the person online into a real life. Um, because obviously there's just, even if you don't do any digging, which you will, um, it's hard to kind of 
not have any preconceived yeah. notions about who this person is, what they're going to be like, that kind of stuff, um, or what they look like, you know, from, maybe they're different in pictures. So like, I feel like I kind of write people off in the first date if I'm not like sparks flying, you know? So how would you think, like, what do you think dating wise? Like if nothing is no red flags, nothing terrible happens. You're just like generally like, well, I like the person. What I, and it is what it is. For dating online specifically though, what do you think, how many dates should you give it until you kind of write it off really? Yeah, that's interesting. I used to do three because I would try to give people okay. the benefit of the doubt. But I will say anyone that I've ever had a real connection with, like I had a connection with from the start. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, but I, I used to do three, like just to really see, I'm like, oh, maybe a different setting. Yeah. Because I dated a lot of guys that were, sounds terrible, but fine. Like nothing yeah. objectively was wrong. They were really sweet. I went on really nice dates, but like there just wasn't that, you know, yeah. spark. So I hear you. Yeah. It's hard out here. <laughs> um, yeah. And then obviously COVID just brings a whole slew of different things. I got some pretty interesting ones about like, do I dress up for a zoom date? Like it, what should I do on that kind of situation? Like how is it, it should, is, is it different connecting on zoom than it is in real life on a date? Um, do you have any thoughts there? I know this is like a newer thing really, but yeah, I mean, I would just say like, I'm personally over zoom. I like him over yeah. having <laughs> thinking about like my lighting and like, you know, right. it's, it's yeah. really annoying. Um, and I actually read a really interesting study that was saying, Zoom can be even more intense for people because like we don't actually sit and like stare at each other in the eyes. Like that's not like a natural thing, but over zoom, you're kind of like looking right at the person. Right. They were actually saying that might be why it's more fatiguing. Um, that's really interesting. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I would say dress, I don't know. I wouldn't, I can understand if I was like really dressed up like full face and a dress in my house, it would just feel so unnatural. I think maybe the bigger thing is to be real. Like if you have a dog, like let them jump up in the zoom and like, you know, like just kind of like being authentic. Yeah. Like this is my real life. I mean, Mm -hmm. I really feel for the people that are meeting people like this for the first time. If you're, especially if you're a person that, um, is more like intuitive and really likes to just like meet and get to know someone. So yeah, it is tough. I honestly, I don't, I've, I'm, in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for four years. I don't love the idea of meeting someone over video. I think I would just like, I just wouldn't. I just, I don't know. I, I wouldn't feel like date. I, like, I feel like it's, I haven't done it, but I feel like I would like it better. I wouldn't have to like go anywhere. I could sit on my couch and just talk. That, <laughs> I will say that seems nice that, um, sort of like advice I've just been giving like friends and clients is mm-hmm. they'll be telling me that they were on like three hour Zooms. And I'm like, are you kidding? That like, sounds how? Yeah. Right. So I'm like, cut it off. Like it was a real person thing. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I had a drink with you or I had mm-hmm. coffee, like leave yeah. something. So like you can talk it. Cause I'm like three hours. Oh God. I could do a three hour in-person date, but I could never do a three hour zoom date. Like it seems so wildly different, but I'm, I'm pretty introverted. It, it may not come across that I am. Um, because obviously I'm asking you a lot of questions, but if we were to small talk, I would like shut down. So three hours on a zoom with like out outside stimulation. I think a lot of times that's what you get when you're in person Mm -hmm. is there's like, there's servers walking by you're at a movie. So like, it's not all the pressures on you A three hour person, like in, in on a zoom, I would just be exhausted. I would have to sleep for four days. I wouldn't be able to control. I wouldn't handle that. After any date though, I feel like I need to sleep for four days. (laughs) A hundred percent. And I also just think, you know, give yourself grace, like this whole thing where you can like look at your own face now, like you can't do that on a real day in person. So like, just right. Like, that's, w- that's weird. Yeah. And like, for me at first I was like, Ooh, like that doesn't look, you know, like you're a little yeah. judgy. Yeah. So, and you don't have to do that when you're on a real life date. So just give yourself grace. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know you have to go. Can I ask one more question? I'll make it super fast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to make this like a good final question. If you could give like one good golden rule for a long lasting, happy relationship for just communication in general, like what, what's the the rule of thumb? I think it would be learn what your partner needs. So for example, if we're going to go on a trip, I just need to know like where we're going and like maybe what time. Okay. 
My partner wants to know who, what, when, where, why. He needs all the information to make a decision. And for a long time, we didn't know that about each other. So I'd be annoyed that he just wasn't like doing what I wanted, which sounds terrible. But then I learned, I was like, I'm not giving him the information he needs. So learn what your partner needs. And then also learn to respect what is really good about their brain. So um, my fiance will like make a spreadsheet. He'll get us the cheapest flight in the world. I'm buying a flight after 10 minutes because I've just given up looking, right? right. <laughs> like look, figure out like what the other person's strength is and go with it. So that is now like his job. He's doing it and I'm fine with it. Like for mm-hmm. a little bit, I was like, but I want to be involved. And I was like, no, I don't. I don't want to look for three hours. That's never going to happen. Yeah. So just knowing what your strengths are and theirs are and trying to give them their needs. I think that's good for even just going on vacation with friends too. Cause I've done that a lot and I will, I only want to go on vacation with friends that I know are more type A than I am. Like mm-hmm. we would do great on vacation. Cause I would just be like, I don't care. Just tell me where to go, where to be. And I will go there and I would be there. And like Tiffany would probably just be the one planning out everything and doing all the research and like going to all this stuff. So I like planning. I like to go on vacation with people I know are going to plan stuff. <laughs> okay. I'm hold on. similar to you in that yeah. sense. I feel like I feel like Lauren is Allie and I am Sebastian. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Happening, and I would say, Lauren, make sure that you let um, everyone know how appreciative you are that they did all this planning and that. Yes, because I forget that that. too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like you did do all this. Okay, but Allie, what do you need to hear that you're like? What do you need to feel appreciated for? love this. Um, I'll be thinking of all the fun ideas. Like I found that bougie hotel in Finland afterwards. He was like, all right, that was pretty good. I really like it. Okay. I feel like Sebastian and you are really good together because he is like, you guys are, are, are nailing what you guys need for each other. We are. I I mean, it's taken time. Quarantine's been a wrench. Let me tell you. Like there are times when I'm just like, oh "Oh my God, we're still in the same place. I know. (laughs) Trust me. I know. (laughs) Yeah. He really, he's wonderful. I call him the Bumble unicorn. (laughs) Found you on Bumble. Yeah. Oh Oh my God. You guys met on Bumble? Bumble. That gives us all hope, I guess. Well, me. She's never even been on the thing unless it was through me. Okay. But honestly, okay. So her and I joke, I know you have to go. Her and I keep joking about like that she's always used dating apps. I've never used one, but I've been in a lot of like relationship that, that didn't have spark or umph. And I just like kind of stuck it out. Cause you know, it just, I don't know. It just, it just is what it was, what it yeah. was. She's never, now she's, I have she's never been ghosted and she's never had to be on dating app. So just take what she I says about mean, dating with a grain of salt. <laughs> just kidding. Very she's grateful. good. And I think Sebastian might have some Virgo in one of his second or third signs. I don't know if you've charted him actually. totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he definitely has some Virgo in there, I think. Yeah. Is he born in 88 also? He is 85. 85. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. September, what's his September what? I mean, not. Um, um, he's July 9th. July 9th. Okay. So, so he's the very like end of cancer, basically, right? Yeah. If you know like his birthday, to- you guys need to look that up because what his like moon or his rising sign is, because I guarantee he has some Virgo. Somewhere. I think his ascendant, which is, <laughs> is like a lot of times how your yeah. social comes across. Um, I think is a Virgo, but anyway, we won't keep you any longer. We'll let you go get back to your, your amazing real job. cancer, Sebastian, <laughs> and your life. <laughs> well, no, you have an appointment like right now. You're you probably have somebody in your waiting room. Yes, but he'll he'll be cool. He'll wait. Okay. <laughs> well, we really appreciate it. Um, so appreciative. We'll have to have you on here again. Mm-hmm. I would love that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um. We'll 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 get it together. But um. For now, you have permission to exit. Dr. Oh, Allie. Thank you. Dr. A. Thank you so much. I know Dr. A. I like that. You're going to see it on Instagram too. Like also known as Dr. A. Yes. Oh, okay. And really fast. Um, oh yeah. We're going to put all of the, your links from your show, like in our show notes. Um, tell where us where find to find you? you. Do you have anything yeah. you want to promote? So Any websites, um, your social media, all that good stuff. My um, website is Allie Arena Communications and Arena is like sports arena. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my Instagram handle is behavioral speechy and I have a (laughs) 10 day captivating communication challenge that if you reach out on the website, I'll send to you. And it's just ways to keep, uh, keep making your communication better. 
Okay. <laughs> awesome. As the person that can't talk at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's all of us. Communicating well, is hard. <laughs> Speech pathologists have trouble speaking too. It's fine. Especially at the end of the day, because it's almost the end of the day for you there. Yeah. Yes. We're all human. Well, anyway, <laughs> now you have permission to exit. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you, Dr. A. Of course. This was wonderful. Bye. Bye. I wouldn't say we made it, but we made it through. We just had moose make and we made them do that. I wouldn't say we made it, but we made it through. We just had moose make and we made them do that. I wouldn't say we made it. We didn't make it up. We just made a way. We gon' take it up. We won't fade away. I got too many dreams. Gotta stay. If I change, yo, it's night and day. I told the backstabbers, put the knife away. I'm trying to get my family to a nicer place. Room for everybody, but no room for hate. Everybody eating off the nice place.